HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. All right, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brent and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about ostriches, wine, and dough. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, banquet. Five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, the podcast about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable. Starring your hosts, Brett and Scott and Zara Tangora. Happy holidays from 95.7 FM. Now with the weather and traffic on the ones and fours. And today we have a partly cloudy sky. Winter is coming upon us, folks. Get out those scarves, light those fires, and toast those marshmallows <laughs> because winter is here, folks. That's right. I want red hats, red gloves, pops of color. Snow angels and snowmen and snow women. Speaking of pops of colors, I nearly got run over walking to your house. I was walking... Zara lives in a quiet uh, neighborhood. A quaint neighborhood. A quaint neighborhood. Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. An undisclosed location in Carroll Gardens. <laughs> it's where all the celebrity... It's basically the Beverly Hills of Brooklyn. <laughs> I was walking across the quiet street, and this semi-truck going down a neighborhood street, 35 at least miles an hour. Oh, my God. And I saw him coming, and I kind of scooted across the street. Yes, there was a... It was a stop sign, but I'm walking across the street. Yeah. Like, I had the stop sign. Okay. And I skittled across the street. You skittled. I skittled. You skittled. skittled. You skadoodled. And he's like, like beeps his giant horn to nearly blast out my ears. And I just looked at him and I said, fuck you, motherfucker. (laughs) Piece of shit. Fuck wad. (laughs) And I flipped out my finger. I was like, you know what? I just practiced an hour and a half of yoga, meditated, and he just zonked out my canoodle. This is what I love about Breton is that Breton is like, you know what? I'm very zen. I'm not cursing. I don't think we should curse so much in the (laughs) body. You just whip out. You know what? I'm sorry. No, I think You wanted to take my life. Yeah. He wanted to stop you from ever skididdling ever again. He hated me. Yeah, he hated you. That's very upsetting. I mean, yeah. When you just kind of distill it down and like, wow, what's going on in your life that you want to run down a perfectly Mm -hmm. attractive, gay, (laughs) fabulous stranger? Do you know how many more moments of joy I must create for people before I die? (laughs) In accordion music alone. Uh, but whatever. I ble- I'm I bless, glad you're I blessed his little heart and I went on my way. You said, you know what? I'm thank thank you, universe, for sending me this horrible person. I was holding the latest copy of Fine Cooking magazine. It nearly went flying out of my hands onto Clinton. <laughs> uh, oh my what gosh. else is going on with you, Breton? Well, how was your Thanksgiving? I knew we were going to talk about that because it's on my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I had a weird prediction. You got it tattooed on you. I, yeah, it was this tattoo. You're like, like the guy from a a tattoo. Me- <laughs> Memento. That was the second time I had tattoo. Yeah, that's how it's said if you're going to say it properly. When I asked for a banana. <laughs> a banana. I have a ban- I'm going to get a tattoo of a banana, banana. please. <laughs> Tattoosman. Well, I cooked for Thanksgiving, but I did cooked non-Thanksgiving related things because for no reason, then just no reason. Well, I you had ju- like a chill Thanksgiving, right? Chill. We stayed at a vacation and I thought, 
we had a couple invites. I thought, we don't feel like leaving the house. I think it's amazing. And Preston and myself and our friend Ash, we, and by we, I mean I controlled the entire meal and put my (laughs) guests to work. Uh, But it was really fun. I learned a really good lesson. We made a roast chicken with uh, Zara once influenced me with this lovely pickled prune glaze. I didn't have pickled prunes, so I just. Zara's little twist. Zara's little twist. What she did was take a nice roast chicken. Where did you spatchcock it? No, I think I was, when I made it originally, it was roasted because it was when we used to do roast chickens at uh, Brucey. That's right. So Zara made a, well, years ago, made a lovely roast chicken with this from Boat Street Kitchen, those little jars of stuff mm-hmm. from uh, that place from uh, Seattle, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Whatever her name is, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't anyway, remember. Anyway, they had pickle, and she glazed the chicken with it, and I was like, Zara, what, what is this? Tell me. <laughs> That's like, when we bonded. We bonded over a prune glazed chicken, of and course, I just as most said, So wait, you just do. put it on? You're like, yeah, I just put it on. I'm like, but, but then what? And she's like, uh, and then I took it out of the oven. <laughs> You're like, we're like, I just put this on. Like, that's all I did. I was like, genius, just pure genius. I was like, Bratton, there's a line forming at the door, please. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever. <laughs> Get back to work. Anyway, so I made that. I pureed some prunes and shallots and vinegar Ooh, to kind of mimic the flavor. Some mustard seed. Perfect. Glazed on like the last 15 minutes of baking. Yum. So it didn't, you know, because if you put if you put sugary stuff on the beginning of right, roasting a chicken, you're going to get a burn. Yeah. <laughs> I made uh, some sauteed spinach, or I'm sorry, creamed spinach. Yum. With Mornay sauce. Yum. I used that Jasper Hill Farms cheddar. Yum, 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 yum. It was yum, expensive yum. and worth every, what the hell? worth every mouthful. This sounds like the most decadent and delicious roast chicken Thanksgiving we dinner We made a, in a, a nice uh, mushroom gravy. Oh, yeah. Mushroom gravy. And then I made those. What kind of mushrooms? Uh, just regular, like, brown cremini. Magical and mushrooms? Then very magical mushrooms. I haven't done those in months. <laughs> um, but, and then finally, some roasted potatoes, which I'm going to tell everybody this is what happened during our dinner, is I was off on the timing. that chi- I forgot to put the chicken in. Really? Because, you know, I haven't, you have a small oven. I, have two, I actually have three racks, but... I suddenly was making everything. What? You know, how long did it get? How long did you forget about it for? Like I should have put it in 30 to 40 minutes ahead and I just looked over and I had it sitting at room temperature right. under the cabinet. So I, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot the bird. Oh Luckily no. Luckily it's a chicken. Yeah, that goes fast. And I thought, well, I could spatchcock it really quickly. See, these are things when you forget something, be like, yes. break in half, butterfly it. Can you explain uh, to everyone what spatchcocking is, please? Yeah, you basically... You're like, an expert, aren't you? Is, you? Yeah, you basically take out the backbone, right? Mm-hmm. You put it at, take out the backbone. You can use a scissors to cut it out, like yeah. ripping out the spinal cord. It's yeah. very barbaric. You display that thing right out. And you splay it out and you press it and you if can... you don't have scissors, use your teeth. Your teeth, your fingernails, your yeah. f- newly minted fingernails. Ooh. So what did, tell me, what did you cook? I heard you have a very... Well, as, as I've been talking about for the past, like, three weeks, I did an Italian-American Thanksgiving. And it, that is really... It was really good. Your twist on Thanksgiving. It was Zara's little twist. I made turkey meatballs marsala that had ground prosciutto and sage inside. They were Wonder delicious. How creative. It was very good. I think my favorite thing, I made a garlic bread stuffing, which was delicious. We got that nice that was a good idea. Italian bread that like you and I always chat about. It's like, what is this? It's like kind of like just a fluff. We've talked about Caputo's Bakery. They yeah. make the fluffiest. The fluffiest. With the crispiest crust and the delicious. most toasted sesame. Sesame seeds. So I got that delicious bread. Oh my God, it's heaven. And I toasted it. And then I made like a very delicious garlic butter, like, you know, fine, like fully toasted up garlic. Um, just on the edge of burning, but not quite. Obviously, no one wants burnt garlic, but you know, that really rich, deep toast. A luscious. Yes. An amber toast. An amber garlic. toast. Oh, my goodness. And leeks and celery. And then I poured it over uh, the toasted bread. And mm. then I poured some vegetable stock over that because we had vegetarian, so I didn't use turkey stock or chicken stock. And then lots of pecorino cheese and chili flake oh and my fresh God, it parsley. Keeps going. It was so delicious. It was amazing. That was my, I think it was my favorite. And then the turkey was great, but I kind of did the same thing mm-hmm. that you did. You were talking about doing a double brine on your chicken. You did a wet oh, I brine. I forgot about the double brine. You did a wet brine and then a dry brine, correct? I did. I told Nora. Nora Singley, who's a, a girl I've been working for. Hey, I Nora. Told, hey, Nora. Stop I told girl. her yesterday, I said, hey, I said, I double brined it. And she just looks at me. She goes, is that really necessary? And then I said, it wasn't, but yet it was. It was really like, I saw. She likes the dry brine. I which, like a dry brine too. Although I will say, I think that dry brine is very trendy this year. 
And, and it it started a couple of years ago and it got real big. This year, I was it was just so in my face. And that's one of those things where it's like, okay. It's like when you go into Target in the suburbs and you hear moms be like, oh, did you dry brine it, Connie? Right. And they're like, oh, yes, Barbara, I did. <laughs> You're like, oh, gosh, Connie and Barbara. If Connie and Barbara are doing it, you know that we've really jumped the shark with the dry brine. Yeah, when you, when you hear like a midtown businessman be like, oh, yeah, my wife's dry brine in the turkey this year, bud. <laughs> then yeah. you know it's over. <laughs> I've heard That's that. That's really funny. Um, so I also double brined accidentally, but it was the best thing that ever happened. So mm-hmm. I made a vicious brine, if you will, a mm-hmm. vicious dry brine. Heavily seasoned, highly salted, highly sugary. Extremely salty and sugary and packed it because what I was thinking, and I've dry brined things many times before, but I kind of had this thought where I was Hold like- Hold on one quick thought. Yes, please. Let me just, in case listeners you don't know, dry brine yes, is you please. stuff a bunch of salt in the- cavity and outside and you mm-hmm. rub lots of salt in onto the bird yeah just salt regular salt and it's then you, salt and sugar and, and so, yeah or sugar or flavors flavors you can just it's, do salt it's flavors yeah flavors <laughs> salt sugar. you do whatever you want there's different kinds of brines right and you do it you're supposed to do it just a little bit more aggressively than you would season mm-hmm. something like maybe doubly and then you let it dry for like 24 hours in the fridge right uncovered correct a wet brine you you put all that same stuff in water, and then you submerge yes. the bird. Houdini style. Houdini you tie style, it up, tie see it up. if it can get out by itself. <laughs> Mine escaped on Thanksgiving. It was, <laughs> it was Houdini delicious. It was wonderful. Um, okay, so, but what I did was I packed it almost like, I was like, this is interesting, because I, uh, I butterflied my chicken mm-hmm. breast, my chicken breast, my turkey breast out, because I was going to make like a porchetta, right? Butterfly. What's that song, butterfly? You're my butterfly, sugar, butterfly. baby. Butterfly. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly, <laughs> sugar, baby. baby. Oh, my God. That's... That per- so anyway, that's what you did. Go. Yes, I listened to that <laughs> song on repeat, and I got high, and I forgot all about the turkey, and so we ordered pizza. Um, no, so I... Uh, was doing like a, a porchetta style thing, mm-hmm. like a roulade with it. And I had this idea. I used to do, uh, make like a lot of different cured kind of meats at Brucey, like mm-hmm. Lomo, for instance, which is just a cured pork loin. And when you do that kind of thing, when you cure something, you really pack it in a lot of yeah, salt. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to take the same approach to the turkey, packing it and not just dry brining it, but really curing it. Um, and I thought maybe I would have even smoked it. How about that? So when I cured it, I was like, I'm worried that it's going to be too salty maybe mm-hmm. for this specific like purpose. And it would get that pastrami kind of a flavor. Yeah. Um, so I panicked at the last, yeah. I, at the last minute. And then what I did was I like soaked it in water basically, which sounds insane to get some of the salt yeah, out. Yeah, that's classic, but classic chemistry. That's how you would get salt out of something. Um, but what happened was that it kind of just ended up double brining because it like mm-hmm. brined, you know what I mean? It like released, the salt yeah, yeah, came yeah, out yeah, and yeah. It soaked. I did that overnight and then I took it out and I dried it for another full day. And it was the most goddamn delicious thing that I've ever had in my life. It was so I mean, it juicy. You like could we... squish the juice out of it like an and orange. F- <laughs> that is incredible. You could juice. You could make turkey juice. Now, listen, how's, now how's that for moisture? Listen, yeah. I heard a lot of people that had a lot of successful things. Um, and that's good. It sounds like. I mean, I've actually when I did run into somebody yesterday, and they said, "Oh, my, you know, my Thanksgiving was kind of sad because my girlfriend's sister was actually very ill, oh, no. and she wasn't very old, and actually had a, a very bad illness. Oh, Jesus! So it wasn't exciting for some people. So yeah. if it wasn't, you know, maybe yeah. next year can be. Or just to remember, I don't know. I I thought about that. Like I didn't even care to celebrate Thanksgiving, but for some people, maybe it's really. It's hard. And they don't have food. They can't just, I don't know. I thought about it. And it's a very, there is a lot of pressure on the holidays. This is no like new information. Of course, we all know that the holidays can be really stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just like stressful because, you know, someone died or because you're like, oh my God, I'm frantic. But just this like, I think it's pressure the- that like seeps in the air, like a dark cloud sometimes, even when it's fun, it's like. It's everything. There's right? a and lot of energy going around. It's energy. And there's a lot of expectation. It's energy. It's expectation. Expectation. And it's also nostalgia, which I think even when the nostalgia is positive, like I think about a lot of the times, like on Thanksgiving, I got very depressed for a couple hours mm-hmm. because I was thinking about <laughs> got, all of... I got depressed once. It was four minutes and then I quickly made a cocktail. I got very depressed for 30 seconds. Oh my God, it was horrible. <laughs> I couldn't even believe what was happening. I was like, snap out of it, yeah. Tangora. 
So, but no, I got, I got bummed out because I was thinking about all the great Mm -hmm. times that happened in the past and, you know, being a little kid and like, you know, the first time I remember like actually knowing that I wanted to be a cook was on Thanksgiving because I was like running around the kitchen with my mom really fast, but it made me so sad because I'm like, those times are done and I'm almost dead now. Yeah. It can't, you know, and everyone's going to die and Donald Trump's president and everything sucks. And then I, you know, just uh, started chugging, chugging. Well, well, listen, a bottle of tequila. Now, this is where I come in because I do feel those things on a, a minute by minute basis yeah. <laughs> every day, <laughs> 365 days a year, <laughs> going on 41 years every day of my life, every second of my waking hour in my dreams. I can't escape those thoughts. But what I do is to combat that, I think of all the fabulous yeah. things. Like, I'm already getting excited about the holidays because there's croaking bushes and oh my god, I've been like croaking motherfucking bush. All the the cook the holiday magazines are coming mm-hmm. out. I'm holding in my hands here. Yes, I have a bon appetit, uh, which is pictured that has straw. Uh, some, is that a ruggle on the a front? ruggle on the front? Mm-hmm. Us Jews okay. like that. The Jews are very holler, Bobby. They are bringing back and making everybody. When I first moved to New York, people a lot of people didn't know what ruggle is. I mean, they knew, but. It wasn't as in your face. They thought it was a, like, and the, I remember I so I would decide to make it, and I was like, oh, I need to get pot cheese or something. Pot. It's like the. It's kind of like cottage mm-hmm. cheese. Yes. Nobody had it except for that place, the East Village Cheese Shop. Oh, really? I think they would have it sometimes. Okay, they're closed now. Uh, <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> Hello, East Village Cheese Shop. Okay, so one other thing before we get started is Let's that hear it. What I is it? have what is it? A very fabulous um, entree vous. Uh, we'll call it into Bonnie Slotnick cookbooks the other day. I was going to ask you about this because I okay, saw this everybody, on Instagram. Okay, everybody, listen. I'm about to do it today, and by the time this this episode is out and recorded, which will be very short, so you'll be this is very uh, very modern, very hot off the press. Hot off the press, exactly. Very in the moment, if you will. So Bonnie Slotnick downstairs, she has that fabulous vintage cooking cookbook shop. And Bonnie Slotnick is. I mean, I know who she is, but just she explain. Has, yeah, she has a wonderful old cookbook shop. I think she's been in business for something like 28 years. She used to be in the West Village in a cute little brownstone. Florence Fabricant wrote an article about her in 1997 or something. And like oh, it came Florence. up the day like before Thanksgiving, which kind of like boosted her success as a, as like a secondhand bookstore owner. Yeah. Which is a dying breed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And she got evicted. She has the... She's awesome. We need to do a and podcast on she, Bonnie Anyway, Slotnick. so Bonnie Slotnick, uh, she's fabulous. And she, I go downstairs and I see this little piece of paper uh, with some, you know, it says, oh, look at all these items for sale. Brioche molds, barquettes, tart molds, oh. br- uh, pans, um, vintage James Beard cookbooks, all this thing. And it was like a list to print out. And I'm oh like... Oh, my God. You know, ask Bonnie for contact info. So, of course, I'm like, Bonnie... And I've been really broke the last year, so I haven't really been buying a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but I always <laughs> go there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy like a magazine. Hit. I don't feel like being broke stops you from ha- having the most fabulous life no, never. of anyone that I've ever met ever. So anyway, so Bonnie gives me her name. Her name's Sandy. She grew up in Brooklyn. Okay. And she's getting kicked out of her rent-controlled apartment after 25 years. Tragedy. And she's had a family, and she's getting rid of all the stuff. I talk to her, and she has tons of stuff, and I'm going there today excuse me to sift through oh, i guess my invitation got lost in, no, the listen, in the snail mail when i had to work up her trust to get because I, I was like why don't i just come to your apartment because she said well i could meet you at bonnie's and i'm like i want to see the entire collection oh and God. i want to offer you everything and so that's anyway. amazing could you we maybe go in in one of those very long coats where like yes, one person goes on top and you're like, hello, I'm Brett. And I <laughs> forgot to mention, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a par- giant. I'm a centaur. <laughs> Please don't judge we'll me for being the, a centaur. We'll go in one of the horse costumes oh, yeah. where you're the front. <laughs> hello, I'm Brett. And I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, I'm a ho- I'm actually a horse. <laughs> Didn't Bonnie tell you? <laughs> <I'm> a- <laughs> Didn't Bonnie mention that I'm I a I could equestrian? prove it to you, but I don't want to do anything inappropriate. <laughs> wink, wink. All right, listen. Let's get That's down awesome. to brass taxes. Let's do yet. it. I'm Speak right down. I'm brass. Right down listen, for everybody. It. When I think of the holidays, you think of brass. I think of two things. Um, I think of smoking cigarettes and getting passed out drunk at my grandmother fighting with my father, and then the second <laughs> thing is cookies. I think of pogo sticks. Oh my god. <laughs> I, oh, I had a pogo stick once for. I got a pogo stick like every year growing up for my dad for Christmas. And I had like a collection of them. And I'm like, these are super dangerous. I have no interest in jumping on this. And like, don't you remember that I got this last year? Santa. Yeah. <clears throat> the answer was no. So now somebody has like a collection of vintage pogo sticks. 
Don't you wish you still had that now? Not really. I would definitely get hurt. I'm very clumsy. I was more of like a pogo ball kind of guy. Oh, a pogo ball. I've just dated, I've just dated myself. But yeah, like, the pogo ball thing. A pogo ball. So the thing that like looked like Saturn kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. It looked yeah, like yeah. a Saturn, like a planet. It was very good for your core. Dude. And you had to squeeze your thighs together as if you had a, a thigh master in the air. Yeah. And then squeeze your feet on this ball with a platform and jump. Those were great. Do you remember? A pogo stick was very dangerous oh, for I anyone have, yeah, with yeah. a penis and balls. That is Anybody. Like a, sh- a girl with a, a vagina. A vagina with yeah. like a Anyone with a crotch. <laughs> Is <laughs> was pogo stick was a pogo big stick problem went right between a woman's legs. Really big problem. But do you remember the thing? They were called moon shoes, and they were like made by Nickelodeon, and they were like two giant. They were like two mini trampolines for each foot. No, I've, I don't know those. I'm getting them for you. Oh my gosh! It was I like having an individual them. trampoline on each foot, and you would like walk around. I was like, this is what it's like being on the moon. Okay, then I'm. They had that at Crunch, I think they. It's really? Like, yeah, they had like a, some kind of moon boot workout. Oh, really? Um, I got it. I must join. No, in all honesty, folks, we're talking okay. here about cookies. Oh, cookies! Uh, ah. uh, would you like to tell? Would you like me to tell you? Oh Let's my just God. talk about like categories of cookies. I would love to do nothing more right now than sit and talk about cookies. All right. Well, it is the holidays, and we're well. We should all be thinking very intently about what type of cookies we'd like to make for ourselves and our friends. Yeah. So I'm going to inspire you with just a few different kinds. There's Lay it on me. bar cookies, drop cookies, rolled cookies, refrigerator cookies, molded cookies, pressed cookies, meringue cookies, confections. There's pie bar desserts, ready-made cookies. And then, of course, there's pizzelles, biscotti. Oh. There's, there's to think of the different cultures, there's pfeffernooses. Oh, there's, my God. I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just so overwhelmed. I threw Persian up. cookies. There's Turkish delights. There's... Is tur- wait, wait just a goddamn minute here. Is Turkish Delight really a cookie? That's more of a candy. Let's not get crazy here, Brendan. Why are you trying to ruin my flow? <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, anyway. as a- <laughs> I'm just... Moon cookies, space cookies, weed cookies, edible cookies, oh, edible double edible cookies. Dog cookies, cat cookies. cookies yeah. Canary uh, cookies. Cookies, like the thing that when you go on a website uh, in another country, it's like... Do you yeah. agree to yeah. these to cookies? cookies. I do. What the I'd hell like... is that? First of all, I've been agreeing using cookies for a long time. And like, I'm would a... you like to use four cookies? Yes, yeah. I would. Of course, I need to see they're what pe- it... they're pecan like chocolate. Oh, here, I have brought some cookies. <gasps> oh my so, god, this is amazing! What kind? I brought some cookies. I made some pecan shortbread cookies. They're chocolate. What the hell? And I dusted them with um, caramel shards. Oh my um, god! So they're you know it's like a. Kind of like a pecan pie filling, you know. Mm. This is the most delicious thing. It needs a glass of milk. It does. Mm-hmm. I don't have any. Mmm. It tastes like a candy. This is amazing. And you know me, I don't really eat sugar anymore, so this is a real treat. I don't eat sugar that much. I make it, but... Okay. Oh, my God. So that recipe came from mm. Dory Greenspan's cookie cocoa mm-hmm. called Dory's Cookies. And it's called chocolate pecan oh my God, this is really pie good. cookie bars. So that was what I did this week, as well as research all different types of cookies. Mm. And I don't know if you know this. Like, listen to our like smacking. I'm sorry, but egg. I have to describe what I just ate. Oh my God, you just ate the whole thing. Yeah, it was oh, amazing. That's a good sign. Usually you take a bite. Mm. No, that was like beyond. Wow. Mm-hmm. Zara just had sex in front of me with a cookie. <laughs> Zara. I'm sorry. I'm like, drooling. well, she has her clothes on. There's like, like drool squirting out of my mouth <laughs> and other places. This is so Lars von Trier mm. right now. Okay, so Breton just made a cookie and a delicious shortbread crust, right? Mm hmm. Kind of like a shortbread. Mm hmm. Uh, a pecan pie type filling, pecans mm-hmm. on like chocolate Some golden melty. syrup. It was yeah, golden delicious. Syrup eggs. It was salty. Oh my God. And I made those caramel shards, and you make a big thing of caramel. You pour it on some parchment, you break it in a million pieces, and then you can sprinkle that over your brownies or blah, 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 and you bake it. It was the best thing I ever ate, honestly. It was up there. Yeah, that was really up there. Well, I was looking at cookies, and Sarah, were you going to tell us a little bit about the history of the cookie? Mm, Well, I have have a story about the history of the chocolate chip cookie. I'd like you. You want me to hear it? Well, I'd like to hear some history before I get into uh, cookie science. Okay, perfect. So I'll just tell you my story then. Um, so I think that it, when I think about cookies, the first cookie that comes to mind, of course, isn't the chocolate chip cookie, the most famous cookie in America. At it least. is. And it's an American cookie, which I just figure everything was always invented somewhere else, but it is 100% an American cookie. 
And it was invented by a woman named Ruth Graves Wakefield Mm -hmm. in the year 1938 at her restaurant, which was called the Toll House Inn. That's a very, very cute name. It's the cutest name. The Toll House Inn? Everything about this story is incredible. So Ruth Graves Wakefield was born in the year 1903. And her and her husband uh, opened the Toll House Inn in 1930. And it was in... Dun, 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 dun. Where? Whitman, Massachusetts. Whitman. That's my kitty's name. Whitman has a kitty named Whitman. It was in Whitman, Massachusetts. So before they opened uh, the Toll House and she had attended um, the Farmingham State Normal School Department of Household Arts in 1924. And she worked as a registered dietitian and lectured all over on food. So this woman was not only a cook and a baker, but she was very, very highly educated in, she was into fo- everything Into about food. It. She was into properly setting the table. She was into service. She knew all about how to, you know, as oh a dietitian, God. she knew how the body worked, how food worked. She, like, I mean, I'll tell you a little bit more about this cookbook in a, in a little is, bit. I'm already getting inspired. The cookbook is the most comprehensive book I've ever read, ever. Okay. So just, I want to set the stage for you. I'm because here. Because she was brilliant, okay? She was a woman. She was a force to be reckoned with. She loved food. Think Martha. Think Julia. You know, anyone that we like respect nowadays. But she had more time because she wasn't in front of the camera all the time. Right. And she, she was just into it. She just like loved food. So they opened this place between, it's in Whitman, Massachusetts, on the road between Boston and Cape Cod. Um, uh, this is already just sounding like an East it, Coast I mean, it's fairy perfect. tale. Some of her most like famous clientele was the Ke- whole Kennedy family. Of course. Uh, Joseph Kennedy Sr. said to drop by frequently for Boston cream pie. JFK loved the Mary Jane gingerbread. Um, and then she published a book in 1930, um, which was before they opened the Toll House Inn, which was called Ruth Wakefield's Recipes Tried and True, which is... That is really nice. Amazing. Okay. So Duncan Hines also was a, a uh, regular at the Toll House Inn. Oh, that's right. Duncan yeah. Hines of Duncan Hines fame, who you told us in our KFC episode... KFC? ...was the guy who discovered Colonel Sanders. He used to be a, basically a food critic. Like before he had the cake mix. Yeah, you should go listen to that episode yeah. again. I, t- I think I talked about how he traveled around in a car. Or something. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, so she's at the Toll House Inn. They have incredible food. I mean, I was reading through the cookbook and it was, it's just unbelievable. Like some of these dishes just are, you know, there's a lot of dishes from that time uh, in history that sound just like funny and weird, mm-hmm. but are also, but then you're like, oh, this is probably disgusting. But reading through her recipes, like they sounded delicious like really like amazing cuddled egg pudding yeah and, <laughs> and she also gave all these recommendations I'll, I'll save this kind of for the end but recommendations on how to serve things what to serve with what it was just really okay. like super 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 comprehensive it was amazing i need you to put a link for all of i'm us going to about because you said you can find the cookbook is very i read the cookbook online. online yep i read through the whole cookbook um online so this is where things get really oh. crazy for Ruth. Oh, I knew for old was a, Ruth. I knew there was a Graves. turn in the story. So, oh, yes. I'm as we've set the stage. Brilliant woman, force to be reckoned with. Mm. Cookie Maven, baking uh, ex- woman, baker extraordinaire. And she couldn't even vote yet, right? Uh, I don't know. When Wait. did women's? I don't know. Oh. That's too much <laughs> for me. I don't know, Breton. <laughs> Wait, women can vote. No, I'm they so can't confused. Yet, silly. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I've I was told that women can't vote, so I've just been sitting home and baking chocolate chip cookies every uh, election day. Yeah, is that funny? So on the Nestle Toll House page, um, by the way, Nestle like got the rights later on. Nestle didn't invent Toll House cookies, as I'm about to explain. She did, um, but they describe how she came upon the recipe as an accident, which after. Everything I've just explained to you about what a brilliant woman this is, how can we possibly think that creating the most iconic cookie of all time is an accident? An accident. Well, you know. So the uh, creation myth that they have said that she chopped up some chocolate and added it to cookie dough as a shortcut because she thought she could use it to make chocolate cookies. Now, this woman is clearly a food borderline food scientist yeah. and an amazing cook. There's no way she thought that just by adding some crumbled chocolate, all of a sudden she was going to get a chocolate cookie. She already had recipes for chocolate cookies in her cookbook. Yeah. This was on purpose. Um, and then a former chef at the Toll House Inn claimed it was actually his doing. He said that while they were making a giant batch of cookie dough in a big mixer, the vibrations of the mixer caused the bars of chocolate to accidentally fall in the dough. Now, again, bear in mind. They didn't to- have foil on them. 
Right. That means that they would have had it be unwrapped, sitting so close to the edge of the mixer that they accidentally just fell in. Can you imagine all the things that must have fallen into those big mixers? I mean, rats and mice back then. Long winter underwear. Oh, candlesticks. Vomit. Yeah. From like dysentery. Like like getting what other old things? Stale bread. All chicken legs. Yeah. Yeah. Rings. And that is how Christina. uh, How do you pronounce her last name? Who? Christina Tossi from uh, Milk Bar. Oh, I don't know. I Christina can... Tosi? Christine Tosi? I never like knew how to pronounce that name. I'm very bad at pronunciation. And that uh, is edit. how I ruined my <laughs> joke about how she came up with her compost cookies. Um, okay. So anyway, there's no way that that could have possibly happened. And it's just another man taking credit for a woman who is clearly like has created something really amazing and everyone trying to discredit her and say, Oh, mm-hmm. it must have been a mistake. She must have not known what she's doing. There's no way that this like incredibly talented, skilled baker could possibly have come up with this amazing recipe. So all along the way, people are just tearing her down, trying to say that she didn't know what she was doing, that it was just a mistake, which is just so fucking infuriating. Um, years later, an interview uh, on the cookies anniversary, she said to a reporter, that she was thinking about a new cookie to serve up and came up with an idea she wanted to try uh, involving butterscotch, nut wafers, and bits of chocolate. And hmm. that's where the idea came from. And so... Nut wafers. She said that she meant to do it. And so I believe her, not a bunch of people who are trying to say, oh, and then ooh, whoopsie-doo, all of a sudden yeah. something fell and then we had chocolate chip cookies. She like- thought it out. It was a good recipe. Um... So people started asking for the recipe mm-hmm. and she would give it to them because she didn't think it was like Did that she only big of a sell deal. them at the Toll House yeah, in, in Whitman? Yeah. And she didn't think it was like a big deal. It wasn't like she had no idea that this was going to be some big giant thing. Um, she just thought that, yeah, I invented a cookie the and cookie, and, but it went crazy. So cookie people, monsters. Were, people loved them. They started asking for the recipe in 1939. Um, the Toll House cookie was featured on Betty Crocker's famous radio show called famous foods from famous places at <laughs> famous foods from famous, famous food. places from famous chefs from famous people famous fabulous lifestyle and that's where lifestyles of the rich and famous came from oh, um I it, demand a fabulous lifestyle that's just how I look at what, life do you remember that show lifestyles of the rich yeah, of and course, famous Robin Leach Robin Leach <laughs> Robin Leach <laughs> Robin Leach was 80 when we were kids, and he's now 70. I don't know what's going this is on with him. Lines of the rich and famous with Robin Leach. What the hell is he doing? We need to get Robin Leach. If Robin. you're listening, we have cookies here we for you. you. Yes. We're famous. We're not rich. We're fabulous, and we'd like to be featured on the show. Okay, so I hang on. So there's there's more. Wait, there's wait. more. There's more. Wait. There's more. Okay. Okay. So. This is how it spreads the cookies. This is how the cookie virus spreads. <laughs> cookie virus from spreads. New England to the rest of the country. Would you like to accept these cookies? I would. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sneezed and then they caught the cookie virus. Um, so Nestle got the rights to Toll House in 1939. They started to sell uh, semi-sweet chocolate bars with like little cutouts in them. I mean, so you could chip it off. Ruth, you are And smart. then in 1940, they started doing the morsels. Now... Along comes the Great Depression, and it's kind of considered like extravagant to make cookies. So then, you're making wartime biscuits, what's not happening? cookies. Yeah. Right. However, um, the uh, uh, Nestle starts marketing this to be like, okay, well, this will solve all your marital and social problems. So it's actually okay to be doing to be making cookies. Plus, with World War Two. They had another marketing campaign where they're like, you need to send cookies off to your loved ones, uh, your you know husbands and fathers and brothers. This is mm-hmm. the ultimate way of showing that you, it, they said, baking Toll House cookies to win the war. It's your patriotic duty. Absolutely. So they kind of got past it being an extravagance. A lot of the men, a lot of the soldiers were upset to have eaten Toll House cookies and chocolate chip cookies in general for the first time when they were overseas in oh the barracks. Oh, my God. Yeah, like they had never that, had them here. Now, was, that, what kind of nostalgia would the cookie bring now? Good or bad? Probably good. Like, I think still good. Like a, somebody sent you a package of course. across the seas. 100%. In a ship and it I, still Does that even it. happen anymore? Like, can you, I mean, I don't know. It sounds crazy. Um, so, yeah, they tasted them for the first time in the cat at uh, the canteens. Um and then, so anyway, that's how it kind of became like this big thing. And then they also marketed it to women 
post-war and post-depression um, who before the depression, these women had people who were cooking in their house. And then after the depression, a lot of people lost like servants and they had to like learn how to cook for themselves. <laughs> and oh, so they no. printed the recipe on the back of the bag. This was kind of like a new thing. Yeah. So that women could learn to be good homemakers. And like some of the first things that a lot of these women post depression or in the depression learned to make who from made, riches to rags. Yeah. And, and people had to, and like people who rags. weren't necessarily in rags, but they weren't as rich as they used to be. Yeah. No you more. Know? You got to rent out that, that subfloor with the extra kitchen now. Exactly. And so, you know, their husband had just jumped out of the window of the New York stock exchange and they, uh, they had to learn I how lost, to bake cookies to solve I lost solve my all house in Bridgehampton. It was horrible. <laughs> um, we were relegated to the West Village in our two... Oh, it our, was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, they sold the inn in 1966, the Wakefields, and uh, they Nestle changed the recipe in 1979. And the, co- the recipe they have now, the cookies are six times the size of what they used to be. They were, like, very tiny. My grandmother on my mother's side used to make Carmela. Her name was, uh, she used to make very tiny cookies. Yeah, they were supposed to be very tiny. And the original recipe is actually very interesting. It involves like warm boiling water that you put like baking soda into to diffuse it. Or I don't know what, that's not the right word, but, um, Hmm. and hot water with baking. So the Toll House restaurant on New Year's Eve, 1984, had t- about 250 occupants for a New Year's party. This is after it had been sold. And then a fire erupted at about 1130. And the 276-year-old building that used to house the Toll House in burned to the ground. That is insane. Yeah. Kind of ends in... I know. So a it's a it's a pretty yeah, interesting yeah. high and low story because... Well, this one... Ruth Wakefield found... She was brilliant brilliant yeah she like, was brilliant Breton. you would how come, be how come her name isn't more out there that's what i'm saying she's kind of a forgotten hero and has created what i would say is arguably one of the top five if not top three iconic american dishes i mean how often is something as like iconic as the chocolate chip cookie the toll ever house gonna be invented cookie. again it's Never. almost an adjective like oh my god he's so toll house oh my god what a th <laughs> what a schnorr. i'm going toll house today what do you think <laughs> There's so many ways to... Yeah, we should. You know what? Today, I promise to everybody, during this holiday season, I'm going to be a little more Toll House. And that just means like old-fashioned. Yeah, it's like a little less country and a little more rock and roll. Or a little more country and a little less rock and roll. I was going to say a little bit more uh, Rockefeller. Yes, a little more Rockefeller, a little less rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was really cool. So this book had like... I mean, you have to read it. You're going to... You'll die. So... Not only does it have recipes and like guidelines for, you know, setting the table and proper service, mm. it has cures to basically every known ailment that could possibly happen from a paper cut to a snake bite to dysentery in what? the book because any of these things could potentially happen to you when you're cooking, I guess. So there's like, well, there's a constipation, <laughs> broken ankle. Sorry, headache, think of all the things that we've PMS. done when we're cooking. I know, exactly. A severe, horrible depression, <laughs> mm-hmm. crippling, dep- crippling anxiety, crippling anxiety. No, but seriously, and it gives you the cure for all of those things. Um, I wanted to. It's amazing. Talk- that is crazy because yeah. I was thinking about crippling anxiety of the kitchen. And no, like I bet she had a cure for it. Uh, she probably absolutely. talked. Absolutely, I bet she mentioned it one time. Like one must remain confident and ready for mistakes in the kitchen and ready for solutions every there was a solution in this book i do not know how this is not our bible like even We're, more so than mastering if the anybody has cooking. even a reprint copy will you please, please. send it to uh life's a banquet show at yeah. gmail.com i mean you can get the paperback but it just i think i'm gonna hold out you can get like a original copy for like 150 dollars. i think i'm gonna buy it because it is seriously the most incredible cookbook that i've ever seen and she was the most incredible woman and ruth graves wakefield i know you're dead but we need to give you some serious credit because yeah anyone who's paving the way girl paving the way anyone who has the audacity this is just a thing about like women in general it's you know very difficult being female for a lot of reasons and one of them is that you don't get proper credit sometimes. People are like, oh, sweetie, what a cute thing you did. Oh, look at her. She made a mistake. Actually, that's so fucking insulting. Like, oh, look, it. you can do it too. You're yeah. a girl. How in- how insulting. I'm so surprised you could be a motorcycle mechanic. Oh, shocking. That's can- really cool. Yeah. Wow, even that. Yeah. 
Even when you're surprised to hear a girl be like, yeah, I rebuilt an engine. We're always like, you do? Like, why would a girl ever? You listen to rap music? Oh my God, you can write, you can, yeah. Wire chandelier. You can do anything, women out there. You can do anything. You, you can create anything. Can do and anything. we believe you. We believe you. We believe you from the deep kitty of yeah. your kittens. Anyway, um, that was my story. Well, I'm, she's fab. Fab. I need to. Beyond. I'm, I'm going to spend all day obsessing about her. Ask Bonnie Slanik about her. I'm going to go. I probably will stop by yeah. Bonnie's later. Uh, speaking of Bonnie's. So so you did some research. I did about some research. I did a lot of cookie research. And, you know, I did bake one or two different kinds of cookies and I was going to bake pizzelles today mm. but number one I thought it was a little bit early for the flavor um pizzelles. so I wanted to go through you with some some of my favorite cookies to make Please. that I think that are that are pretty easy okay a couple of my favorites are that sort of scream holidays are uh for example, this pecan bar. I can't even with this and pecan bar. And again, it's this so is good. a Dory Greenspan recipe. Aww, uh, so you can definitely look. I don't want to. Adorable it, Dory Greenspan. We can send links to recipes if you go ahead and email us. We'll tell you everything. A personal story with a feather, written with a feather pen on, a, on a trackpad <laughs> and an eye mouse. But it'll be feathered. And I'll wear a hat of sorts. Uh, I will sit at my writer's secretary desk with a candle burning. <laughs> and then, okay, so snickerdoodles. Yum. Love a snickerdoodle. Okay, so I was looking at snickerdoodles. Snickerdoodles. I was looking up snickerdoodles. Snickerdoodles. I was looking up snickerdoodles. And, okay, so the snickerdoodle used to be called a lot of different things. Um, Hold on one second. The snickerdoodles were also called Jolly Boys, Brambles, Tangles, Breeches, Kinkawoodles. Excuse me? Graham Jenks. Kinkawoodles? Kinkawoodles, Plunkets, or Crybabies. Whoa. I mean, this, so we finally, as society progresses and we become more civilized. <laughs> yeah. As you Who can tell. Who called them kinkerdoodles, the cavemen? As you can tell by our current <laughs> president. <laughs> we have reached a pinnacle of civilization <laughs> in the United States. And we have decided oh, yes. on snickerdoodles as a unified cookie, which is basically a cinnamon. It's like a cinnamon it's, sugar cookie. It's a cinnamon sugar cookie. And it always kind of has cream of tartar in, which gives it, it that. It does? Yeah. It's kind of what a, does the cream of tartar do for the, the kinker moogle? I don't know. It makes it. The so, moose knuckle? It gives it that special f- flavor. That really? alkalized, like, tangy flavor. That kind flavor. of tangy flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about Chinese baking soda, which is baked baking soda. Oh. Um, it's like a stronger baking soda. I didn't know that. It's like between baking soda and lye. Really? Oh. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Just rub some on your skin and see what happens. Just for anyone who wants to really spice up their cookies this year and kill all their loved ones, (laughs) no, once add lie. (laughs) Once it's baked, it's safe. That's the that's the whole point. I okay. We tried to make pretzels once. Not not once. We actually made pretzels at Brucey. Okay, good. You're getting to my next. We got. Uh, commissioned for some unknown reason Mm -hmm. from a lovely friend. Actually, I remember gave us the job, which I thought was very sweet, but. You know, baking perfect, gorgeous things mm-hmm. was not our specialty. So someone asked us to bake them a giant peace sign shaped pretzel. Okay. Soft pretzel. So you decided to say, go for and it. And we said, sure. And it came out so ugly. And we had like lie in the restaurant. And Jenny, who used to be Jenny Lupo, who's our good friend, who used to be the chef de cuisine at Brucey, is outside wearing a gas mask and like full gloves, like spreading lie on this thing. Yeah, you and then have we kind to. of figured out we got a good recipe. I'm like, there's no way I'm keeping lie in this restaurant because anyone who's ever worked in a restaurant in a busy, busy restaurant has you lots might of stuff grab downstairs. The baking soda. And had prep cooks who do all kinds of weird things. Like we used to have a guy Hey, we, like, hey man, what's lie? I don't know. It's like I think it's like baking soda. Exactly. <laughs> like we used to this is now a deep tangent, but we used to make uh, all kinds of flavored butters. And one of our prep cooks, you know, we used to make coffee butter a lot. Or no, me, miso butter. And we had to go with our fresh baked bread. And one of our prep cooks one time, I'm like, what is the flavor in this miso butter? I mean it's it's good, but it's diff- very different. And I go downstairs, he goes, Oh yeah, that's banana tangora. And I'm like you just threw a fucking banana in this miso butter, like, banana and didn't meat. tell me. Like, I have to give a menu meeting. Like, someone could be allergic to banana. So when I used that line of logic, I was like, "There's no way we can keep lie in this restaurant because if someone gonna, will be like, I just put some lie in it. I thought it would be good, and then know, everyone dies. Some extra spices. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Snickerdoodles. Yes, uh, yes. And then, <laughs> no, but of speaking of pretzels, you just got, led me to my next thing, which is I love. We either, share one like, mind. White yogurt or white chocolate covered pretzels it's my and favorite thing you can if you wanted to spice and if you want to make those you know you put it over um 
a, like a drying rack over a sheet pan <gasps> and you can lay it all over that melted uh, white chocolate fondue. You oh could, my God. When they say yogurt, I think they just mean like commercialized white chocolate. I need to know, actually, anyone out there, please let us know. Obviously, we could just Google it, but we're way too busy with our yachting <laughs> and our boating and yeah, our yeah, Rich and Robin Leach. Um, my Uber X is outside. I'm going <laughs> to leave someone. If anyone knows what the deal is with that yogurt stuff, that on a yogurt covered pretzel, well, please. What is we, it? Yeah, it's a like a fake white chocolate. So, okay, so I love that. And you could put some love colored it. sprinkles over it. And, or you could even do colored salt. Because, oh, like black. Because <gasps> you want that like salty. That's perfect. That's the best thing about those white chocolate pretzels, the sweet salty combination. Oh my God, like black salt. Mm-hmm. Would be del- that would be cool. Which brings me to my next and favorite thing, which is pizzelles. And it's because I'm, you know, I got some Italian American. Mm-hmm. Can you tell everyone what a pizzelle is? Pizzelles, I also love a pizzelle. Like a egg white sugar uh, cookie that very unleavened and you 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 uh cook it in an iron uh a mm. pazel iron which can be electric you can put it over the stovetop originally this is very fascinating Tell us. is that um something like the in abruzzo there used to be this town that there were so many snakes in that people lived a very fearful life and they oh were oh my god a town full of snakes yes, and they were getting snakes killed and bitten by snakes and strangled <gasps> what in the hell are you saying so there was some i don't know like apparently one day they said kill the snakes and wear it around your neck and then and then that'll ward off the other snakes that so makes apparently sense. they put That's some very tight there was logic. some saint or some kind of like app you know monk or something that like you know did this and then like saved the whole town and so since then uh the tradition is to make lots of pizzelles for this uh snake god Oh, the snake, <laughs> Lord Snakington, of course. Lord Snakington, yes. Whoa, exactly. that is I, I the weirdest story. I didn't know that at all. Well, now everybody knows it, and thank God for it, because anyway, that is an interesting, that's a fun party So fact. I have a, uh, a Pazale maker that you can put over the stove. Cool. I got it on eBay for $6. That's this great. is years ago. The prices have gone up. But if you go to an antique store or a secondhand thrift shop, you can often go in the back and find one of those little irons. That's you got to awesome. dig and sift, but they kind of look like those long camping irons where you like, mm-hmm. it's a griddle, has like a wooden end. They're fabulous. I could, I highly recommend them. Yeah, I need to get um, one. So snickerdoodles, pretzels, uh, and then I think the other thing, oh, this is my favorite one, hazelnut anise cookies. I know there's a lot of anise in, there's a lot of anise in my mm. recipes, but. Well, <laughs> I mean, look who, who we're talking to. Who doesn't love fresh anise? I love a, a f- Okay, we're back. Hey, we're hey. Back. oh my gosh, we had a cookie monster attack quickly. Oh no God. big deal. Everyone's fine. So we were talking about Pizzelli. We were talking about Pizzelli, then we we're talking about Snickerdoodles. Forgive and, us if oh, we don't know. And I finally wanted to tell you my favorite cookie, and I was talking about anuses. Oh, yes. How could we forget? <laughs> anuses. Only once a year around one, Christmas. But okay, so I have this wonderful, it's one of those rolled icebox cookie cake, you know, where you. You make a, a you make it in the food processor. Yeah. You roll it into a, a, a tube. A log. You roll it into a long a tube. Thick, long, tubey log. I like to have mine eight to nine inches. Perfect. It should have a good girth because yes. you want to make sure those cookies. Just so you can barely squeeze your fingers together around mm-hmm. it. There should be a small space between the thumb and the forefinger mm-hmm. um, of your left hand. Yes. Now, those are simply toasted. guide to cookies. <laughs> those are toasted hazelnuts, some flour, <laughs> some aniseed, and some butter. Macho. And, <clears throat> yeah, so what you want to do is you want to put those in the refrigerator and you want to roll them up and then you want to take them out. And those are great because you can actually bring those to somebody's house. Oh, right? like and unbaked, you mean? Mm-hmm. You could bring them unbaked. Bring the roll. And then you could just say like, hey, let's slice up a roll. It, that's mm-hmm. what cookies are. That's what cookie dough is in the, in the yeah. supermarket. That's what buds do. They slice up a roll together, bros. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro, you want to stick that in? I got some, I got it. I got to like cool 350, man. Got the baking steel in the oven. Don't worry, I got a baking steel in the bottom too. Yo, bro, you know what the hell is going on? Oh, and I also got this soft butter yeah. over here. Dude, you got convection on, bro? Yeah, I just turned it off, but I like convection for like the last four minutes. So that's a great recipe. Those will all be posted on a picture of our Instagram um, of me walling about in the kitchen. I do like apologize for lack of video and everything. My phone has been, my iPhone has been broken um, at Apple. My iPhone has been broken for a long time. I finally called the insurance company. I was about to splurge and buy a brand new phone. Mm-hmm. And I called and they just said, we'll just give you a new one. I just wished my luck upon, and I there I was just thrust upon. So you, okay. got, a, you got a brand new iPhone 3? Yeah, and I'm going to, for those of you that don't live in New York anymore or don't live in New York and like to hear the horrendous stories, I'm going to finish my little part of the story with 
how I got my iPhone back, which is how I'm going to start making more videos, which is like it all ties together. Amazing. And you'll see me making my cookie videos. My iPhone got delivered via FedEx. It was 24 hours and overnight shipping. I got mm. home last night from work. Um, I did some food styling for a fabulous magazine. Of course you We did. made kids food. It was the, the studio was overlooking the, the Hudson. It was gorgeous. Ugh. Um, undisclosed location. And anyway, so I get back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I missed my delivery. They said no signature required from FedEx. And it says, go to after 6 p.m., go to this location in Brooklyn. It's out in like South, who knows where, like South, South, South Slope, right? On the oh water. Oh my God. So like an industry setting? Industry, well, closer. Okay. So it's this very desolate, warehousey part of Brooklyn. I take the train. It's freezing. I leave with fingerless gloves and it got down to like, 25 it was, cold last it was night. freezing were there and creeps windy. and sneaks and ghouls all around so i had to walk 20 minutes exactly and i go down this like crazy like i'm in the in just i'm in the middle of nowhere yeah crossing at our highways and bridges and desolate corners and the wind is bustling and all i have trash can fires and i get there i was like oh, here i am I, the fedex location was very nice there was no line and i go and i said of course Sir. not <laughs> he's like hey give nowhere. me he's like yeah give me a ticket i give him my ticket and he says no, it's not back yet. The <gasps> truck's supposed to be back at. It's like seven o'clock. So listen. So I decided. I'm like, oh. he's like, you can wait, but if the truck doesn't get back and we close at eight thirty, then we're still not gonna give it to you, even if the truck comes back. Okay. I call FedEx. I'm like, let's get this. Maybe they can go. I go back. I walk toward the train. Another seventeen minutes back. I hop on a city bike, one of those electric assist ones, and I start. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it one more try. Since I have an electric city bike, I zoom back. It was very quick and very windy. And I go in, and the guy's like, oh, good luck. Your package is here. And I'm like, I knew it. It was addressed to Preston Rasmussen. Uh-huh. And my idea didn't Who the help. hell is that? It's my boyfriend. And he wouldn't give it to me. And so we argued there. And I said, listen, that's I live with him. He's my domestic partner. And I, this is my address. And I need this. He's like, you're not getting it. This there's sounds a, like gay discrimination. He's like, there's a phone inside, and I can't give it to you. And I said, how would I have the sticker for my door, my identification, and I know that it's also mailed to Preston Rasmussen. I said, give me my package. He's like, you're not getting your package tonight. And I said, I am <gasps> getting... Like the beginning of a porno. And I go, I'm getting my package tonight. I go, I just biked back through the freezing cold, blustering winds, and I walked back here with my ticket. I said, sir, I am not leaving here until you give me my iPhone, which is rightfully mine. And he's like, you're not getting it. And I go, we'll see about that. I call FedEx... And I call them the 1-800 number, and I'm like, I'm in front. This guy won't give me a package. He said, if you have your address, proof of address, he has to give it to you. And I'm like, listen. And I could only talk with my earbuds yeah, because my phone's broken. Because your phone's broken. And he's like, he goes, she says, let me talk to this guy right now. And so I give him the earbuds, and he's like, I don't want to get put your dirty earbuds in my <laughs> I ear. Don't, I can't blame him for and that, And I said, well, honestly. then you need to listen or give me my package. She's like, you know what? I'll just give you a package. I'm like... You, he ended up giving me my package because he didn't want gay earbuds in his fucking yeah, ear. Yeah, he didn't want your gay earbuds. Well, guess what? I got the package. And then so when he gave it to me, he signed over. I go, sir. I was like, thank you so much. I knew I was going to leave with my package tonight. I was such a little. Did you guys have sex? No, and I said, thank you very much. I said, you have a fabulous holiday weekend. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you too. And I was like, oh, wow. and I walked out the door and I was like, I won. <laughs> and I got my phone. That's amazing. So videos. So videos, cookie videos gotta watch out for coming them. up. Yeah. So you got to watch out for the bureaucracy. So Zara, tell town. me about your favorite cookies. Oh man. I don't know how much time you got. Well, my favorite cookies. Are we going to do top three? Yeah, let's do top three. Okay, great. What's your favorite top three cookies? My top three favorite cookies. Are we doing top three favorite kinds of cookies or favorite cookies from a specific place? That can be up to your little old brain to okay, decide. Fine. My brain is little you, and, and old. <laughs> also. <laughs> That is. I was going to say really. I was like, that's for your little bird brain to decide. <laughs> I turned into a nasty person. Me- that FedEx mean Breton. Sorry, I didn't mean. I meant reptile brain. <laughs> Perfect. And by reptile, I meant your gut visceral reaction. Like what is? Okay, it? number three. Mm-hmm. This is going to surprise you. Black and white cookie. No, it doesn't surprise me. Black and white cookie. You're from kind, Long Island. Kind of like a cake. Kind of like a cake. Kind of like a cake. And like, what is the? It's not chocolate and it's not vanilla. Uh, it's strange. It's like a cake with like a thick layer of like brown and white sugar, brown icing. Brown. Like, would you like? Is that would you white like flavored brown or brown or the flavored? White. I really like it's it. It's like red sauce of white sauce. Delicious. White sauce. <laughs> um, my second favorite cookie, I guess, I really love, and this is gonna upset a lot of people out okay. there, but here's what I don't give a shit: oatmeal That's right. raisin. Oh 
people out there, you know what? Here's a deal breaker for me. You meet a guy, everything's going perfectly, or a girl, everything's going perfect. Uh, Or somebody else. Or this is like a sex deal breaker for everyone out there. So most people. So everything you've got. You meet a person that you're interested in, Mm -hmm. whatever your preference is. We don't care. But yeah. here's my goddamn yeah, yeah. question. <laughs> but what kind of cookie? Deal are they breaker. <laughs> you uh, you go on the date. Everything's going perfectly. You're like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. This is my person. And then they're like, I don't like raisins. And you know what? For me, that's a deal breaker because I can't handle yeah. a person who's so deeply uneducated about food that they don't like raisins because I don't There's believe a lot that of people, people that don't like raisins. I don't think they've had either good raisins. You've never had a fucking raisin then. You yeah. just don't like the look of a raisin. You don't like maybe like the California raisins. You don't like things you that remember are when tiny. You, like you would make your own pick, uh, plump, or I'm sorry, <laughs> pickled plumped. <laughs> Pickled, pickled and plumped like a raisin. Yeah. Uh, that's, sorry, that's my alcoholic personality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you used to make yeah. your own raisins at Brucey. Oh, yes, of mm, course. And they were delightful. Listen, here's the deal. Which is just dried out fruit. I accept everybody not liking certain things. When people say they don't like mayonnaise, for instance, that disturbs me and makes me sad, but I understand it. It, You know what I mean? It can be texturally gross mm-hmm. or it seems like reminds you of cum or whatever. Who knows? But raisins? <laughs> First person that's ever said that. What's the issue with the raisin? It's delicious. It's just like a sweet little chewy piece of fruit. What's the problem? Yeah. And there's so many different kinds of raisins there, to discriminate. It, you don't like raisins in anything? Like, I, I can't. I well, can't people with used to say that haters. about prunes. Right, which is just, for the record, a horrible branding of a delicious food. And I'm sorry, but just so everybody is clear out there how I feel about this and my opinion stands, and we can still be friends and we can uh, agree to disagree, but craisins are a no-no. Oh, no. Craisins are a no-no. no. Try cranberries fine, but Let's duke it out. Let's play chess over how we like craisins. Yeah. We'll do a a, a pros and cons list in the middle of Times Square, and there'll be a huge crowd around us. Like, oh, who's going to win? But like, I won. Craisins are failures. (laughs) A craisin battle royale. Oh, my gosh. And there's like craisin supporters. Yes. Well, so I love oatmeal raisin cookies, and I love... either a thin crispy oatmeal uh, oatmeal mm. raisin cookie or a thick chewy kind of raw oatmeal raisin cookie which is really my favorite. And then my number one favorite cookie, I'm putting chocolate chip out yes. of the running because it's, it's an because obvious it's an all, yeah. my favorite. Um my number one favorite cookie is like pecan sandy. <gasps> Pecan sandies are my yeah. my secret Salty. favorite. Salty. I loved I loved the package. Like what was it? Nabisco. I don't know, whatever. Keebler. And it feels like it's going to crumble, and it crumbles, and then it turns delicious, wet and moist. Now I like those, but the, I I make homemade mm. pecan sandies every year, which is really just like a crumbly, delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, a pecan cookie that and I are, coat in powdered sugar. And there's also, the world is also divided between the people that say pecan and the people that say pecan. Oh, what did you say? I'm a pecan. Of course you are. She's, I'm, although, a, I'm obviously a classless pecan. But I feel like in Wisconsin, they're Robin like, Leach? oh, pecans. Oh, yeah. Are we, those pecans? No. They I say pecan. Pecans. We say in Long Island, of course, we say pecan. Yeah. Pecan. 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 Well, we whatever also... it is, buzz it up, whip it into a cookie, and shove it into my mouth. I... Because... <laughs> <laughs> and don't keep, don't be giving me a 1% milk with that. I want Ooh. half and half. I can't, Another issue. Of same thing with the raisin people. I also can't with the people who drink uh, 1% milk. Or, or skim. skim milk. Ugh. Listen. Okay. So we're going to end this with a positive Sorry, note. About, I'm being very negative cookies today. Cookies and milk are classic. And when you're having cookies and milk... Uh, we just recommend that you have a full, fat, delicious milk. That's good for or you. Or if you're Breton, just half and half. Or half and half. And heavy cream is even better. Go ahead, ferment it. Make <laughs> some creme fraiche. You got it. Uh, What's your top three? My top three cookies are, I love the brown butter coconut cookies, which uh, Oh my God, was, you made those last year. Yep. Those are made by the City Bakery. Uh, and they're very hard to find because they don't have them at every location. Mm. Uh, they don't have them at the at the 18th Street location. Oh, really? That's the only one I've ever been to. Kind where of in the Flatiron. Where no. are the other city bakeries? Uh, there's one I think on Prince Street. They're kind of they're they're called Bird Baths. They have a little out outpost. Oh, Bird Bath is the same as City Bakery. Sure. Oh. Yeah, I think so. I had no well, idea. Well, now we know. We know. Okay. The truth is out. Uh, just like Raul's Burger is. Yeah. The truth is out. So that I love the coconut cookie. Okay. And I love a, I love a Linzer, Linzer tart. Linzer oh tart. my God. They're I like love a Linzer tart. Almond cookies with a little uh, jam. Dory Greenspan has some jammers. Love. 
And then my other favorite cookie is it's another Dairy Green Spoon co- uh, recipe. You'd think I'd be working. I for know what you're gonna say. The World Peace World cookie. Peace cookies. They're yeah. the chocolate roll cookies. They're very easy to make. You get good chocolate, good cocoa powder. And you can even bake them in little mini muffin tins so they kind of puff up around the outside. Yum. You made those last year. Those were amazing. I'm going to make them this year. I have a new uh, textured little mini muffin pan that I got from the flea market. Adorable. I also love, I have to be honest, I love homemade Oreos. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love regular Oreos too, but I love a good homemade Oreo. Zara loves Oreos. They're They're delicious. They're good. And finally... Um, if another use for cookies, this is my favorite thing that I want to die. Uh, my funeral, I want to serve. Okay. Off my body, is the chocolate icebox cake. And oh my take, God. And you take the chocolate or cocoa vanilla wafer, so uh, vanilla chocolate wafers. Yeah. And you just spread cream, whipped cream whipped onto cream. them. And then you let it set let in it the, sit. you can put different designs, like stack them up differently. Yeah. You can stack them up sideways. And it let it sit and it soaks up the cream and it turns into the most perfect. Whoever invented that recipe is the smartest That's person That's a ever. genius recipe. Icebox cake. So delicious. Um, for Chef Recommends today, I think we would just please. want to leave you with Chef Recommends how to give a proper cookie basket away to your friends. Oh, yes. Please. Can you uh, like? Well, I'll tell you a couple of things discussion? and then Zara will probably give you her points because she's really smart and innovative uh, and crafty. Uh, it doesn't have to cost you a fortune. You know, you could probably make spend you know, a couple days making maybe three or four different kinds of cookies. Don't try to do it all in one day. It gets overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, divide into two and it's okay. Some of them will stay fresh. And then I like to make the cookies and those can be of your choice. Uh, just remember if you're doing a delicate cookie to wrap it very well. And I like to use parchment paper kind of crinkled up a little bit. Yeah, so or that tissue paper. It, or tissue paper. So, you know, that's very classic. Um, you can get cookie boxes. Um, we live in New York, so there's a fabulous store here called New York Cake and Decorating Supply. Oh, cool. And they have a variety of different baskets. You can buy packs of five baskets. Where is that place? I've never been there. Uh, they moved. It used to be on 20th and 6th. They moved down the street. Okay. I think still on 20th. But it's cool. a much brighter location with very bright LED lights. I can't walk in anymore. Um, and then... You can also, I looked this morning and those boxes are available on Amazon. They're a little mm-hmm. more expensive, but you can get like a pack of 15 for like 10 bucks. Okay, cool. Delivered to your door. And Amazing. then so get one of those little boxes because it's cute. Get some cute tissue paper and then just put the four different kinds of cookies in there. It's yeah. really easy and wrap it with a bow, put a little note inside, you know, cut a little piece of uh, vintage wallpaper out and write, <laughs> write some <laughs> fake calligraphy in the back. Um, just find one of your favorite family heirlooms and include that. <laughs> yes. Uh, just give, I looked up vintage cookie tins and they were very expensive. But if you can find one or have an extra one, or you have a very yeah. important friend, maybe it could be like a cookie trade every year. Ooh, like a very important friend. Yeah, a very important friend. So I'm making cookie baskets. I always say I'm going to do it every year. And this year I was like, it's not that hard. Just do it. Just yeah. get it done. Yeah, um, I did it last year, and mm-hmm. I think the year before. And I love, I love. Now I feel like the oh, people oh, on oh. Uh, Sweaty Balls yeah. on Saturday Night Live. Oh uh, yes, I really love um, uh, chocolate white yogurt covered pretzels. Oh my god! But the sweet salty combination really gets my goat. Well, but something that really excites me is putting banana in a cookie. Oh really? <laughs> Actually, I'm serious about that. I need to find a good recipe for banana cookies because I have a couple bananas you know, not looking so hot on my counter. And I'm like, you know, I you know, they said that cookie. cookies started out back in the day because they would, they were little test cakes. So they would, they would test the oven temperature. Oh, and so then they became like little snack cakes. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's so interesting. Yeah, Actually, so like, I had a thing about cookies too, that I wanted to tell you. Yeah. Cause the, my original topic, but I couldn't find enough on it was going to be about the history of leaving cookies for Santa. Mm, yes. And one thing that I found was that in the great depression, when people were already going through a really hard time and leaving cookies for Santa, they families used it as a lesson to still be generous. Even when you're having a hard time. That's nice. I'm yeah. leaving cookies for Lakshmi this year. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> She's a different goddess. And I just need to, I need her more, more than Santa this year. I'm leaving cookies for Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Spicy cookies. <laughs> Devilish cookies. Cayenne chocolate. <laughs> paprika cookies. Spicy, well, spicy red cookies. It seems the trend this year is taking some of the classics and adding all these spices. I'm mm-hmm. looking everywhere. People are putting paprika. What's in the Bon Appetit? Oh, they have all kinds of like orange rugula. Okay. Um, they have all kinds of different spices and different things added to their cookies nice. just like we're paging of... through bon appetit's cookie issue right exactly, now exactly i want to mention a cookie actually that my mom made for thanksgiving mm-hmm. so on thanksgiving we had tons of apple desserts apple this and apple that and my uncle bought a apple pie it was delicious and my cousin patrick hey pat made a go- very cute apple pie with turkey cutouts on the top and my cousin rory and Ika, they bought um 
a really nice apple crumb pie from baked. So anyway, we had lots of apple, but my mom always makes apple strudel. So I was like, mom, I don't think you should make apple strudel. We got so many apple things this year. So she instead took phyllo dough Mm -hmm. and she layers like, just like she, you know, would use for making her famous apple strudel. A double layer, lots of butter, and between each layer, she did crushed up hazelnuts um, and chocolate chunks, cinnamon, sugar, and dried cherries, and did three rolls of that with butter, that? rolled it up. So they're basically like rugula, but with phyllo dough. Okay. It was amazing. That is fabulous. Best. Well, listen, folks, get your own cookie stories. And we would love to hear about what kind of cookies you're baking or if you have some of your favorite recipes from some of your like grandmothers or grandfathers Mm -hmm. or great uncles or gay uncles or queer lesbians or whatever you have. Any lesbian cookie recipes. Send them to Life's a Banquet show at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at Life's a Banquet podcast. Yes. And we are also on Facebook. And as always, we thank you very much for listening to our show. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps the algorithm to help us make more shows. Exactly. To help us get our $11 a month that we're getting paid for the show, (laughs) which covers the cost of one cookie for one friend. And that is all we ask for. Thanks, guys. This was a fun episode. Make your cookies, give them to friends, and we'll see you next week. Hasta la cookie pasta. Hasta. Cookie puss. All of our episodes are recorded right here at Studio 54 at the heart of Fort Fort Green, Green, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Our rock star award-winning sound editor and producer is Christine Farrell. I'm Zara Tangora. And I'm Bretton Scott. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 